0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk the faces behind your books. I'm Nathan Van Koops, and I'm excited because my guest this week is the lovely Jamie Albright. Welcome back to the show, Yay, Jamie. thank
1: you. It's so good to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course, Very um, exciting. a lot of listeners will be familiar with you because you are a podcaster yourself now. Uh, you and yeah. Sarah have the Wish I'd Known Then for Writer's Podcast, which is one of my regular weekly listens. Um, oh, yeah. And for listeners who haven't checked out the podcast, I'll, I'll be sure to pop a, a, a link in the comments at some point later. It's definitely a, a fantastic concept, which I think, Thank I you. remember you guys talking to me about it at Nink this past year when you were just getting ready mm-hmm. to go. And it was mm-hmm. such a good idea because it takes you back to the beginning of everything and all the mm-hmm. mistakes we've made that sometimes get yeah. brushed under the rug and say, oh no, we yeah. never did that. But, exactly. Uh, we don't think about
1: them, You know, we... We don't take the time to kind of think about, oh, if I had to do it again, this is what I would do, you know, and yeah. I think that's important to do so. that.
0: And it's kind of no point having mistakes if you don't learn from them. If you don't exactly. actually, you know, note that you did them <laughs> and then do something exactly. different. Um, exactly. But it is nice to learn from other people's mistakes as opposed to our right. own. So that is a yeah. uh, a good concept. Yeah, um, you and I first met, I want to say, it was a Smarter Artists Summit uh, mm-hmm. in Austin. It was. Like 2017, mm-hmm.
1: was it? Mm-hmm. It
0: was 2017,
1: yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
0: you were so smart that you were at writers' conferences before you even had a book out. Which Yeah, um, I think
1: the year before, yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, I was there. I think I had, had three books maybe at that point. But I was you know, surprised by the fact that, like, look at all the research she managed to do before she even put this book out. That is so <laughs> smart as opposed to the rest of us who basically just throw something up there and we're like, uh, what now? You know, how yeah. does this work? Yeah. And then you kind of learn yeah. on the fly. Um, yeah. is, that, is that part of your personality, do you think, that you're just like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do this right, right from the get-go?
1: Yeah, I'm a rule follower, mm. and so I like, if you if you give me a set of rules or a set of instructions, I'll follow them most of the time. Um, yeah. In fact, today I went, I took my dog on just a real quick walk down the street because he was wet, and yeah. he had been outside for a long time, he pooped in the neighbor's yard all the way down the street, yeah. so I had to come back, get a bag, and go back and get the dog clean yeah. because yeah. I'm a rule follower. I'm not going to leave yeah. it. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, I um, in 2015 I, I've told the story, but in 2015 I put out a book with a friend under my um, under a different name, and um, you know, we put it out and just sort of sat around for somebody to buy it, and nobody yeah. bought it. Yeah, and we. We did indie publish that book, and but that just started me on this kind of quest of how do you get your book seen? Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. And which led me to um, a couple of podcasts, and one of them was uh, the Self-Publishing Podcast. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And those were the guys that did the Smarter Artist Summit, and they were talking about the summit, and I was like, I need to go. And part of it is my personality because I have FOMO, and I just was like... I need to be there, yeah. And, but my the intent was to put the book out because right after I went to that summit, so it wasn't, I didn't really intend to wait a whole year, but I did, I ended up doing that because I was given advice that I should wait, so I did. Yeah,
0: well there's a lot of information in this um, you know, publishing business, and the more you can absorb, uh, right. you obviously can swing a little harder when you do launch, That's one of the Mm -hmm. things that we're going to talk about, Um, because you you have stayed on this schedule more or less, right? about Mm -hmm. a book a year, is that about? Yeah, Yeah.
1: about a book a year.
0: Yeah, and I I average about that myself. So you and I Mm -hmm. have a lot in common. I might I just put out a novella um, recently, so every once in a while I might get something else out the door. Yeah, yeah. But
1: I did a box set in January, so yeah, that gave me a little bit. Yeah
0: yeah a little something else to, to put out mm-hmm. um and it could be tough there's there's uh, obviously a big push right now in the industry where there's been the last couple of years hasn't always been that way but the last couple of years mm-hmm. uh rapid release has been a big thing and people feel like they cannot make a decent living unless they're putting out you know at least four books a year maybe right. a book every couple months uh, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily true um you can can you talk a little bit about that and how, your thoughts on that and and why you haven't tried to jump aboard that train?
1: Uh yeah, sure. Honestly, if I could, I would, probably mm-hmm. because it it it's not easier, clearly. Mm-hmm. They they work really hard too, but it it's a, it just requires less um uh kind of long-term thinking, I think, mm-hmm. as far as uh advertising and how you're going to maintain an in, uh, your income, and because if you're putting out a book every few months, you're you're sort of riding that wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I don't get that wave. I I put out a book. You know, the first two came out six months apart, and then the third one was a year, and then the fourth one was nine months, and then it's been I put out a book. The fourth one came out in July last year, yeah. so my next book will come out in June. So, yeah. yeah,
0: and that we're waiting a long time between the swells. Basically, we're yeah, the surfers exactly. are just continuously paddling yeah. out there. Yeah, uh, there's so a lot so steady, of paddling. Yeah, I'm you know, <laughs> paddling, and uh, just to stay, stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's possible. It's doable. Yeah. You can make a, a decent income and have a and make a steady living uh, doing this. But you do have to, um, not to say that the other strategy isn't smart, but you have to be a little oh, smarter yeah. and a little bit more uh, aware of the risks. I would mm-hmm. say, uh, as yeah. the publisher side, yeah. Uh, yeah, knowing that we were talking about this before, where there's a little bit more writing on a release mm-hmm. if you're only doing them um, less often. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you think about when it? A first off, when you're writing the book in the beginning, because that's obviously mm-hmm. the big question. Like as right. the publisher, what right. do you let yourself write? What are kind of the limitations on that?
1: Um, well, I. Fortunately, wrote to market but I didn't know that's what I was doing I wrote the book I wanted to read I wrote in the genre that I had been reading mm-hmm. that I liked the most and um that really just happened to work out for me so when I'm right but when I'm writing now I'm writing to those readers that I know want a Jamie Albright book and in fact my book is with the beta readers now and one of the things I asked them was because it's the other four books are the, the Runaway Brides. This is a romantic, a sports romantic comedy, so it's a little different. And I ask them, does this have the hallmarks of a Jamie Albright book? Like I, because it needs to because my readers want that. But it's not just my readers; it's readers within the, kind of the lighter romantic comedy uh, with a little bit of steam and sex in it. But that it's what they want, and mm. I want to give it to. Them. So when I'm writing, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm not really thinking about um, – I mean, as narcissistic as I can be, which I can be very narcissistic, when I'm writing, I try really hard not to be narcissistic. I really try to write for my reader. Mm-hmm. I mean, I write, I write what I love, so I'm fortunate that I love what my reader loves. But I am thinking about that reader. I have that um, – you know, that person in mind when I am writing a funny scene or writing a love scene or writing, you know, kind of the poignant parts or the beginning and the end. I know my readers, I know what my writers, readers like at the end and so when I'm writing that ending scene, I'm writing it straight to them because I want them to close the book and go, oh, that's yeah. what I want, that's, <laughs> that's the reaction, they don't have to call anybody, they don't have to. I just want them to have that awe moment at the end of the book. So that's yeah. what I that's what I try to do when I write, to, you know, for them.
0: Yeah, and um, it's it is a tough genre to be in though, because obviously there's a lot of people writing those books because there yeah. is such a great demand. It is to market. Um, mm-hmm. you, what are some of the things? Because if someone was starting out just now um, and mm-hmm. saying, okay, well, I want to jump into a market like this one, uh, maybe mm-hmm. romantic comedy, but even if it's mm-hmm. Thrillers or suspense yeah, things yeah. that are that are very popular. Urban fantasy, urban, urban fantasy, fantasy, yeah, things yeah. that are very popular. Um, it's hard to make a splash um, and to get visi- get visible now, um, and it's even hard to launch a new book, even though you have existing readers. It can be hard right. constantly launching into um, the market, especially if it's been a year since you published before. You are right. um, yeah. things change. You know, there's uh, the market changes a little they bit. They do. Though. The, yeah. the, the books that are on the number one spots of your category have right. changed. Uh, there's mm-hmm. been a lot of churn. So what are some of your strategies for um, making the big splash again and making sure that this new book you're launching is, is going to be seen?
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to back up just a little bit to something you said about what would you tell someone new yeah. in those genres. Yeah. And I would tell them to, if you can, I mean, if, if your ego will let you or your Pocketbook will let you hold on to that book until you can get an email list, you know, a newsletter list built up. Um, and I did that. That's why my first book did as well as it did. That that one thing, I mean, I wrote the best book I could write and I put a great cover on it and I, you know, it was the whole package. But it was because I had 1,200 people on my, news, on my email list that I knew wanted that book. And I know that still works because I gave that advice to uh, my friend, Sarah Hudson. And this past October, she wrote a novella. She had 1,500 people on her newsletter list before her book came out right after the first of the year. And she did fantastically. So I know it still works. And and that's just kind of one of those best practices things yeah. that you're going to
0: kind of want to do. So that's where, for where, if you're where new. Where were you finding those readers? What, did you put out a novella as well? I, I did not,
1: it. I did a preview, I did a three chapter preview, which, okay. now I don't know that that works now, um, but a three chapter preview, and it was a promo, um, similar to what you can do on Book Funnel now, it was with, this one was with Prolific Works, mm-hmm. um, and it was just a preview promo with some other authors, and...
0: use the same cover?
1: I think that uh, I used the same cover with a little seal on it that said preview. Okay. you know yeah. you know uh, or something like I think it said preview and I put it up we ran the promo and that promo we because it was just um three chapters the organizer wanted them to, wanted us to wait and let them read the three chapters before they gave us their email list like they didn't have to give the email list at the front mm. which was fine uh I ended up getting 82 followers and I was yeah. thrilled because I didn't really have any. And then I was working for another author, a uh, really successful romance author at the time, and she did a promo for full books, but she asked me if I wanted to put my promo in, and, um, you know, a preview in, and I did, and then I got the rest of them with her, so with that one promo. So uh, over 1,100 um, sign-ups with that one promo. So, you know, they... My those readers knew what they were getting, and then so as soon as I got those 1,200 people, I started sending an email, and that was about six weeks before the book came out. So I sent an email every week to those people, and it was funny stories. It was excerpts from the books. It was, it was all about branding. It was like, this is what this is what you read. This is what you're gonna get from me, and pretty much that's what I've delivered. Ever mm-hmm. since that happened, so um I think that that's important. I think that you know yeah. finding those people who really want your book mm-hmm. is the the key you know
0: do you still employ any of that strategy as far as a preview strategy now? Uh, no. throughout the year, uh, uh, well
1: I will send out a pre like I'll send out maybe the first chapter or so mm-hmm. in my newsletter um. A week or for, you know a couple of weeks before the book comes out, just to give them a little something, get them excited. But no, I don't use it as, a, as an email sign up. Uh, but I do know that you know novellas do work. Yeah. Um, you don't. And it doesn't even have to be a really long novella. It just has to be in a you know over novella length, and um, and they do work for newsletter signups. So okay.
0: okay, yeah. Um, and what's your Newsletter uh, uh, like now in between because that's one of the things that's obviously different for yeah you know publishers who are putting out you know once a year versus every couple yeah. months so we can't just be talking yeah. about the books the whole time because right, it's gonna right be twelve possibly you know nine twelve months till the next one comes out so what's your newsletter like during the year
1: um it's I try to do one every two weeks mm-hmm. I have fallen behind and done one every month. Uh, for a while, but I'm uh, since November, I've been every two weeks pretty much, and there's it's slice of life stuff, you know. I mean, like this past one I sent out, I told the story about you know, my family thought I had hearing loss because I cannot listen to them one more minute <laughs> talk about what we're, gonna watch, what we're gonna watch on Netflix and you know, all this stuff. It, and I got tons of response back because I know that's what people are dealing with right now. And yeah. so my all my newsletters are pretty much slice-of-life things. I mean, I've had terribly embarrassing stories happen, and I just tell them because yeah. you know, they're good for a laugh, and <laughs> that is my brand. And so, you know, um, so that's what I do. And then um, I have... Been involved with a couple of different promos where we give away a free book, like the twelve of us, and each month we give away one of one person's book, you know, or novella or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've done that, and then I do send out books in my newsletter that I would, you know, my I call it Albright Spotlight. And so it's um, some of it, some of them are books that I've swapped with, but I am careful about who I swap with, mm-hmm. but also. They may be books that I've read, and or books of a friend that I know are great, um, and so because here's the deal: I can't pr- even if I even if I put out books as fast as other people put out books, I cannot provide enough books for my readers because they right. just read too much, they read yeah. too fast, too much. I could never do that. So if I can give them good quality books that, and they're mostly Ku books. Uh, not all of them, but most of them are. I feel like I'm. That's a service I'm providing for them. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my newsletter. It's not anything fancy, for sure.
0: No, but that's good, and it's it is nice that you do have the option for doing slice of life stuff that fits your brand. Um, yeah. Obviously, my brand is time travel adventures, so I don't have a lot of personal yeah. time travel adventures that I can share. <laughs> um, so it can be a little challenging. To, yeah. Uh, well, but there are ways to tie it in. I mean, you can find interesting yeah. tidbits. Um, my reader group is created sharing fun memes, things like that that uh, keep things going. Yeah. But I, I do a, a a paperback giveaway every month. I assign a paperback for a question, oh, that's the, a, great question. a you know, question of the month. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. everyone answers the question of the month and whoever responds um, you know, I do a random selection and mm-hmm, someone gets mm-hmm. a paperback. And that that's I think a has been Something that you're giving back every month, I think, that that helps. Mm -hmm. I I was doing Amazon gift card giveaways and surveys Mm -hmm. and other things that were tangentially related to the books Mm -hmm. that also helped me out. um, Finding out information about my readers, what they were reading. Um, I would ask for book recommendations from them Mm -hmm. and then share that. Um, There's a lot of ways you can kind of develop those relationships and give back. But, um, yeah, actually sharing stuff from your personal life is, is... probably what they want the most mm-hmm. in getting to know you. They want to yeah. have a relationship with you as, as a, right. a reader and writer. So I think that's fantastic that you, that you right. have developed that.
1: Well, I mean, a lot of times I'll get an email that says, oh, I just cringed when I registered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know really embarrassing. But like yeah. when Harvey came through, because I'm in yeah. Houston, yeah. when Harvey came through, you know, first of all, I knew people were worried about us. You know, uh, readers were worried about people in Houston. Um and then second of all I have a lot of readers from this area and so I just sort of told my you know my observations of being at home watching 24 hours of news a day you, you know when you have newscasters on for 24 hours for 7 days in a row you find out really quickly I mean they drop their persona pretty fast and you find out who you want in a girl fight who you're going to borrow money <laughs> from You'll tell your secrets, too. And so it was stuff like that. That yeah. And I got a lot of my local people, not I don't know them personally, but that live here that saying, you know, that was the first time I've left this week. Because yeah. even if you weren't directly affected, you were affected. You know, yeah. it was just hard watching your neighbors go through that. Oh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so just trying to make... Not light of a situation, but find the humor in it, while also being, you know, mindful that there are people that lost everything, you know. Yeah. And um, so that's it, it's a it's a delicate balance. I don't know that I always hit it every time, but I try. You know.
0: I um, had a email this past week after I sent out a newsletter and said the guy started out with congratulations on your ability to, to send non annoying emails. <laughs> And oh, I was just like, one. "Yes, okay, that's success." I'm not annoying yeah. people or not annoying use of social media. I can't remember what he said, yeah. but um, I was like, "But I was like, yes, okay, this is what i This is half of it. It's just not irritating the people you're yeah. sending the emails to, exactly, um, exactly. And trying to find yeah. some kind of content that will relate to. I know. Yeah, I think I mentioned this before on the show, but my most responded to email I ever sent was a story about how I would gotten ripped off at the ATM. Someone had stolen my card. Oh. Yeah. And I went on this yeah. hunt trying to find the person who did it. <laughs> and I eventually f- figured out who it was and got I them. Like they ended up getting arrested. Oh, and wow. um, so I told that whole story. And I think people related so much because everyone's been ripped off sometime oh, yeah. in their life. And they and people get away with it most of the time. So yeah. the fact that yeah. someone finally got their comeuppance. Yeah. And, um, Vindication. Yeah, yeah, I think they were they had rapt attention the whole way because they're like, <laughs> are they going to get him? Are they actually going to get the guy? And exactly. it uh, it had a fun twist ending to it too. It ended up being someone sure. who worked the bank, so it was oh um God. yeah, it was fun. Um, author Amanda Bird asks, "How often do you email your list?" This is for both. Yeah, so I'm only once a month. I'm
1: every two weeks. Well, the first and the fifteenth, I try to do around the first and the fifteenth. Yeah. Okay. If so, I if I have a friend that's got a release coming out on the seventeenth, I'll wait until the seventeenth and put the book out because I want to I want to help my friends out you know whatever but um i do those two things i also a, am oh go ahead
0: i was saying do you split the content is one kind of like share, sharing stuff one personal stories or do they kind of go
1: now they're kind of the same every time yeah and sometimes it, i don't have a whole lot to share but i just try really hard to make whatever i share something that will at least make somebody chuckle because mm-hmm. i i'm just i want to give value and yeah. And I used to hear that, you know, a lot before I put books out and I was like, but I don't, I'm a fiction writer. I don't have that. I don't know what value I have to give. But what I've realized is that the ability, people need to laugh and they want to laugh. And sometimes it's hard to laugh because your life just is, you're not in a good place. And so if you can give somebody that, that is a real gift. But it's not just that. I mean like giving them the story that you about your ATM card. I mean, that's, that's giving them something that they can be a part of, um, making them feel a part of something. I think that's really important too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Claire Taylor's watching. She says, <laughs> uh, broke email lists, woke email sagas. So, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're getting to here. It's got to be yeah. a story. It's got to be. I mean, we're yeah. storytellers. There, yeah. We should have a narrative bone in us somewhere that we can yeah, use exactly. in these emails to make it sound like a story. Right. Um, yeah, a good comment from Claire. See, Tyler, Davids, yeah. Tyler Davis is watching. He said, someone used my Byte Squad login today. Oh, that's bad. Oh, yeah. That is bad. In these times, you know, it's like, you yeah. Know, messing around messing around with people while they're during a pandemic that's just like
1: like read the room dude i know i can't
0: remember uh, was it in texas some some sheriff's department somewhere put out a notice to criminals to like hey please stay home and don't do any crime right now (laughs) because yeah uh, i
1: think that might have been in houston i'm not
0: sure (laughs) (laughs) it was funny it was
1: funny also they they put in harris county which is the county i live in they put out there was a A news thing, and people made it into a meme because it talked about what to do when you go outside. And one of them was wear your bananas instead of, you know, I mean, wear a mask. But they and then they gave kind of different things you could use as a mask, and banana is one of them instead of bandana. Oh,
0: banana!
1: Yeah, they needed a proofreader. Oh my gosh! Very proud to be a Texan on that. (laughs) It looks like something I wrote. But um, another thing I'm doing in my group in my uh, newsletter now, and this is something that other people have done. Certainly not. I'm, I'm probably one of the last people to do it. Uh, I'm doing a, kind of a serial. It's a mm-hmm. quarantine story. It's called Love, Quarantine, and Other Inconveniences. Yeah. And so every two weeks, I put out a chapter. So it's not like it's coming out every week. I mean, people are having... I mean, <laughs> the fact is people have to wait on me. I'm yeah. just... They have to wait on me. And uh, But it's it's been... I think I, I've got three chapters out, and I've just had a lot of really positive response from it. And, uh, you know, that's it's great. a funny story, and it's not about a disease, so that's good. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a short-term quarantine, so that's good, too.
0: But and at um, the end, you yeah. can kind of package that up and maybe deliver that oh. to your readers as a, as a yeah. complete book.
1: Exactly. As a, or yourself. And give it away. Yeah, yeah give it away to subscribers.
0: Yeah, be magnet, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that's that's really smart. It's You have to get creative because yeah. um, it's tough coming up with things to say. Yeah. I, I sometimes and try about a,
1: Oh, I know. Me too. I, I mean, I will sit on the sofa and just go, I need to write my newsletter. I yeah. need to write my newsletter. And, you know, I just rack my brain for things that, you know, yeah. have happened to me. And, you know, over the last week, because you kind of forget, mm-hmm. you know, that, oh, in two weeks there, there were some funny stories or some boring stories that, kind of funny because or you know if you're watching something like Tiger King was what everybody was talking about for a while and I mean I'm just telling you I can't even talk about it with a straight face and um so just things like that you know you just try to make you try to make a connection I mean that's what it is and when you were talking about a crowded genre I mean rom-com is a crowded genre with really really amazing authors I mean it's not like they're just a bunch of slackers. They're not. They are yeah. fantastic authors writing fantastic books. And so it's really hard to be seen and um, to get your name out there and get mm-hmm. visibility. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, what's some of your advice when it comes to? Because you talk about editing. I mean, we don't want to be putting out stuff with, with typos in it. Um, mm-hmm. We do have to compete with the big dogs in the genre. Um, yep. What's your process like there? Because obviously, if it takes this long to write a book, you've still got to allow time to edit the thing. Yeah.
1: It's kind <laughs> of been different with every book. The first book, well, actually the first two books, I was in a critique group. And so my critique partners really acted like beta readers for me. And they would kind of correct as we went along. And that helped keep me on track. Uh, the last two books, I did not have that. So the third book I used beta readers just my, some readers of mine, beta readers. And then after the beta readers, I don't know if you can hear the baby. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. Um,
0: Maybe they're always but, cute. It
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> after you, um, so after the beta readers, I do the corrections and then I send it to a copy editor. But my copy editor, she does a heavy copy edit. So she will say, You've got a hole here. Or, you know, uh, this is inconsistent from chapter 3 to chapter 12. And, or, I don't know. I don't know if I believe this part, you know. And but I'm fortunate because from day one, from the first day I sent her the ten pages to edit, you know, as a as a sample edit, she got my humor. And so that's really fortunate because she just knows my humor and so she and she's also she's from New Zealand. I'm from Texas, and so she'll say this is not something we say in New Zealand. I don't know if it's a Texasism or not, but if it yeah. is, you can leave it. If not, you might want to change it. So, um, yeah, because it's wrong. But um, so, that, that's what I do. And then I'll have, and then I do a proofreader um, yeah. afterwards, too, because yeah. I'm, I'm, I am not a clean writer. I, I struggle with grammar a lot. In fact, uh, the love quarantine and other inconveniences that I put it up. So proud of myself. Loaded it, everything, put it out, sent yeah. it out to ten thousand people. Yeah. Did all the stuff, and as soon as I put it up on my Facebook group, my <laughs> my editor said, sent me a message, "Hey, hun," and I was like, "Oh crap, what did <laughs> I do?" And I just still quarantine. Oh and no. Inconveniences, not just. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, I no. mean, just the shame that came on me. But you know, what are you going to do? I just yeah. made a joke about it in my neck. I was, you know, I told my. Um, I only had two people in my whole email list email me back and say hey that's misspelled yeah. um, but I did say you know that's what you get for day drinking and doing a you know, <laughs> email like, yeah just get, gotta take
0: what they can get at this point when we're right this, this, exactly
1: this so I'm not, a, I'm not a clean writer and and because it does take me a long time like this book that i am finished up it just feels like a, this epic story like it's almost like I can't remember everything, and so I have to go back through it I, I you know I go all the way back through chapter by chapter, sometimes I'll make a couple of passes through if I yeah. feel like I haven't put it you know I mean uh because of you know I don't always get the emotion right, I don't always mm-hmm. get the setting you know and what people smell like or like or you know
0: whatever is that a structured um, process for you like the passes that you do okay I'm going back through yeah. this time going for setting okay I'm going back through going for like texture tastes and smells right like, what are you like kinda, looking for I
1: kind of do all of it at one time but then I'll go back through because I know I haven't done it every. you know what mm. you know you've missed something yeah so I make a couple passes through before I send it to anybody um the beta readers this time got it it you know it hadn't been edited but I used a developmental editor with with this book, because it had been so long, I needed somebody that could kind of look at the whole thing, mm-hmm. and um, she actually did some copy editing while she did, she's just like, that's just what I do, and and it helped me, so that when I sent it to my beta readers, it wasn't so horrible, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my process, I mean, I would never, in a million, even this quarantine story, my editor is editing each chapter as I send it out, because there's just no way I would send anything out without it being edited. It, it would just, I mean, some people can do that. I'm not saying I wouldn't I guess, do it because yeah. it's just the worst practice ever. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm saying for me that would be a bad decision um, because, you know, you don't want, I mean, I show enough of my behind, you know, just in daily life and I don't want to show my behind to my readers. You know, there has to be a little bit of mystery there. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. So that's that's kind of my process. It, it changes um, all the time, but I have noticed with this quarantine story, writing a chapter at a time and they, like writing it on a Monday, editing it on a Tuesday. You know, going back through and editing myself and then sending it. That has actually worked really well for me. So my next book, I may try something like that. I've been just writing the whole story through and then I go back and you know do all the stuff, but I might try. Writing a bit and then editing that part and then and then writing forward, yeah. um, and see if that works because that's really kind of what I did with the first two with my critique group. You know, I would write it, they would critique it, I'd fix it, and then we'd move on. And um, but the, these last three books I've done a little differently, and they have taken me longer. So.
0: Yeah, we'll
1: see. I, we'll see what happens. That I'm with you out. on
0: that, and that's something that's probably similar about us as writers: is that when I first started writing, I had a mm-hmm. uh, writers group, and we would share new chapters yeah. every, yeah. Um, you know, couple weeks. So it was easier yeah. to go back and make changes when you've only mm-hmm. made a little bit of progress since the last time. Yeah. And they can say, yeah. okay, well, this doesn't really match what you did in the previous things you gave mm-hmm. us last time. This isn't congruous with their, you know, personalities as characters. Mm-hmm. You only have to rewrite up to that point yeah. you don't have to rewrite the yeah. whole book over again right? so exactly. there is a benefit to editing as you go and as much as mm-hmm. people you know, love to say oh yeah just you know bombing out this first draft
1: yeah write the thing
0: yeah I don't yeah. agree with that I, I personally can't well, I mean, write that if, way
1: if you can the problem that I have with it I mean I do it but the yeah. problem I have with it it's such a mess yeah. I mean it's such a mess yeah. when I finish I'm oh, sorry uh, when I finish it I can't I mean, I have a lot of work to do once I finish it. So, um, I, yeah, I'm still working on that process. Clearly, I haven't, yeah. I haven't conquered it yet. I, but I relate
0: it to uh, cleaning up after my toddler. I'd rather clean up after yeah. her a little bit at a time as we yes. go, even though I have to do it more often. And I probably end up doing more cleaning overall. Um, but at the end of the day, the house is a disaster otherwise. And I've got to like pick yeah. it all up, and it's a giant yeah. job, and it's really daunting. Whereas if I'm right. doing it as I go a little bit along the way, it's it's not quite as right. bad. It doesn't right. crush my yeah. soul quite as much.
1: <laughs> right. And this book has been a little bit soul-crushing for me in that it's just uh, – I've said this on our podcast and another uh, another podcast, I think, but you know, this year has been just incredibly difficult for our mm-hmm. family and uh, family. My nephew passed away last May, and then um, when I started writing this book in August, I was like, oh, I'm over it, you know, because it was at the end of May, so it's really just a couple of months, and, but, you know, I'm to a point where I can write, and I can, but I wasn't, and mm-hmm. on top of that, I'm a big high concept person, we were talking about this, and, I mean, I have these great ideas, and they are great ideas, I mean, I'm not, yeah. but then I get twenty, I get 20,000 words in, 30,000 words in, and go, I don't have a story. Like, I had a great idea, but I don't have a story. And and normally, I can kind of fix that as I go, but with everything that we had, and then we had another loss, uh, not a death, but our my daughter's foster kids went home, which we wanted them to go home. It was a good thing they went home, but it was still just a huge loss. And um, yeah, so by November, I was, uh, yeah, I pretty much hit the wall and yeah. had to take months off and so that's another reason this was taking as long as it's taken. Yeah. So and then um, actually I took I took off until the end of the year and Claire Taylor um, mm-hmm. met with me and I went to her house and spent the weekend and we she helped story align that story for me to the yeah. end. And that's why I was able to finish it. So um, yeah. No,
0: but, that- her, her service is very bad. I've had two story alignments with her so far, and um, like I said, it might be a, a part of my process now. I'm not sure when I hit this wall
1: can,
0: and then yeah. just need it. Because it is hard, especially when you get in the middle of the book and it's you know, it's been a while since a release. Because that that's one of the questions I definitely wanted to ask you was yeah, yeah. about how you know a, a book release is a is a high of sorts. Like There's nothing mm-hmm. like putting out a book mm-hmm. and all of a sudden getting this ton of feedback from readers and reviews and, and you know that they mm-hmm. love your book and it's such a, mm-hmm. a, an endorphin high uh, of mm-hmm. just you know you're, you're proud of your accomplishment and then there's also yeah. a, a high to starting things starting new ideas fresh mm-hmm. is exciting you get this shiny new story to play with it's right, right. the middle that that sucks oh, yeah. that's and that's <laughs> you're a long way from a launch you're a long way from your last one mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you're kind of in the doldrums of this middle of the year Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? What's What are some of your strategies for getting through this? Uh, not initiative? very
1: well sometimes. I mean, yeah. you know, I, it's hard. And that is the hard part about the way I'm doing it is, you know, because also the hardest part of a story is the middle part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So about the time I get to the middle, I'm in the middle of the year. and it's just yeah. like, well, oh, I'm not really good at it. Um, I have a lot of friends around me that help, you know, tell me to, that I can do it and keep going and
0: I'm glad um, I'm not the only one. That's this is the Oh no, matter. no.
1: It's yeah, no, it's hard. And um, I mean there there are just a lot of benefits to putting out a book faster. I mean I'm I'm not g i am i am not I would love if I could put out a book a little bit faster. But this is how I do it and I'm determined to make it work. So I just make it work. You know, I mean some of it is just getting it out and making it work. But um if I need to take some time off, I take some time off. I mean, I've already—it's already been six months. I mean, what's a few more months? It's kind of yeah. how I think about it. And, um, but, I do try to—I do better when I stay in the story. When I start, but then what happens is I get stuck, and I don't want to get in the story because I'm stuck, and it—I make—I panic. So that is one thing. Since the first of year, since I got you know, sat down with Claire and stuff. If I was stuck, I've made myself just come in here and at least read back through what I had yeah. written, because yeah. when when I'm in the story is when I'm best. That's when my best ideas come. Um, but I, I scare myself, and then I won't. I don't want to get in the story. So you know, yeah. uh, sometimes for taking
0: me, some time off is good too. Like I, I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. And I personally went in this novella that I just put out was an entirely different series not what I'm supposed to be writing at all right now I'm, I hit the soggy middle of my book and mm-hmm. I just hit the wall I did have a talk with Claire which did, did help me out um, mm-hmm. but then I was like you know what this novella's almost done over here why don't I just go finish this thing give myself mm-hmm. a mental mm-hmm. break all this pandemic stuff's going on but the, an amazing oh. thing happened was when I finished it and got it published and went back to my other book I started again from the beginning and started reading through i'm like wow this is actually i'm excited about this it's good i'm not this isn't the garbage in my head that i thought it was this is actually some of my best work so like um just this little bit of space away and allowing yourself to have that time building Mm -hmm. it into the schedule even like having the wiggle room is huge
1: Well, and I think it's playing to your strengths. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're the person, you know, this is what I've said about this pandemic. You know, because that I mean? And everybody's talked about it. You know, if you don't come out of this knowing another language and, you know, having made a million dollars or whatever, then you're just lazy or something yeah. like that. But, it's but
0: nonsense.
1: that it is nonsense. But the fact is that there's some people who cope with difficult situations mm-hmm. by just digging in and True. work it and yeah. work. I mean, that's how they cope. I don't cope that way, you know, and a lot of people don't cope that way. So in situations like now, I think we're all just doing the best we can. But I sort of feel like that all the time. I mean, I just feel like, and I'm at a different point in my life. You know, I have kids that are grown. I have a grand, I've got two grandkids and uh, three foster grandkids. And um, so I just, I have a lot going on, and mm-hmm. so I'm just I'm just at a different p- yeah. place in my life, and I'm yeah. I don't want to spend every minute um, writing because there, there is well, more to call, life
0: than writing. Yeah, there yes, is more than just I can't the
1: job. do it that way. But yeah. yes, I need to be around people. I mean, this quarantine thing is just about kill me. I mean, my husband and my daughter they're just lo- I mean they're just snuggled in and cocooning up and I'm like chewing through the drywall like I just went out (laughs) and um, I need that and in fact I am probably when this is all over going to get a volunteer someplace so I can be around some people because I don't want to get a job but I might have to but I don't want to I mean I might have to just for my mental health I don't need a job I might need to just for my mental health to be around some people but um yeah, it, you just have to kind of work the plan. And, and even if the plan goes off the rails, you just work getting the – got to get it back on the rails and keep going. I mean, I, when I do a talk at, at the end, I say – I quote Jay-Z who said, the genius thing we did was we never gave up. Mm. And when I, fit, when I sent this book to the beta readers, that was – I just was like I, – I just – I mean, I'm getting chills. I mean, I, I just didn't give up. I mean yeah. – I, I could have, and I did a couple of. You know, I said I set it aside and thought I'm not doing this, but then I went back to it. I mean, you just can't give up. Yeah. And um, so that's.
0: And that's I should. Really- I know I have a lot of listeners who may be listening because they're just starting out too, and I mm-hmm. want to give some love to those people because it took uh-huh. me four years for my first book. Like it's yeah, now I mean, that I, now that I'm in my groove, I can write a book a year. But that's fast compared to traditional publishing standards. It's fast compared to a lot of standards. So if you're not, yeah. if you're not up to the level of putting out a book every year, that's okay. Like just yeah, and yeah,
1: and there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You know, for a while I thought there's something wrong with me mm-hmm. because I can't do that. But you know, again, that's that comparison thing that will suck your soul dry, and um, you just kind of have to do your thing. And like, ask me this. Next October, when I'm in the middle of this next book, I'll probably have a completely different answer. But I'm I'm on the high of finishing this one and stuff. But you know, it it does put things in perspective. I mean, it just does. I mean, those books are mine. It doesn't it doesn't matter if it takes me three months to write it or a year to write it. That's my book, and it will always be my book. And I can always use it in, you know, to make money if if I need to make money with it, which I do and I want to. So.
0: And you want, and you want it to be something you're proud of and you've given it the time it deserves. You don't want to have something that you've rushed out just because you need a paycheck that later on you're not going to be proud of. Um, right, right. At least for me. I mean, that's the maximizer part of my personality where I need everything I do to be better than the last thing I did. Um, but that's yeah. just part of, you have to understand your own personality. I, 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 exactly. I tell people this all the time when I when I, te- I teach flying lessons too and when, mm-hmm. You know some people are good at certain things like maybe you're good at landing maybe you're good at radios maybe you're good at whatever mm-hmm. it is so everyone kind of solos at a different time and like they, they take everyone learns to fly at a different pace because it's so much yeah. to do and this job mm-hmm. has so many different levers and bells and whistles to have to be able to operate you're not going to be yeah. good at all of them and maybe yeah. writing fast is not one of those things that you're naturally good at in right. which case that's okay like you're probably yeah. maybe you're great at marketing, maybe you're good at a million other things um, right. rushing the thing in through production is not gonna do you any favors uh, right, and I
1: think that uh the that endorphin high that people get when they put out a book really fast, I get that from marketing like mm. when i when I can get an ad to work or I can keep my income consistent or something like that, that is that endorphin hit for me, so um. I wouldn't say that I work on marketing more than I write, um, but some days marketing is easier for me than okay. writing. Um, and I never knew that. Like, I, you do no have one to, is more surprised than do, me about that.
0: Yeah. And that is one thing that I've, I've told people a lot is like, you have to tune the, the marketing machine a little differently if you're trying to squeeze a lot of juice out of one orange as opposed to just yeah. putting in a bunch of oranges. Yeah. Granted, it's That's probably exactly. easier to put a bunch of oranges in and then not have to oh, be yeah. as efficient. But what are some of the things that you have done in your marketing that maybe is different from what other people do to try to squeeze the most out of each But What's working for you right now?
1: Right now it's tough. I mean, I'm just going to say, but I've got some Facebook ads right now that are working. Um, but since really the first of the year, it's been a little tricky. Um, AMS ads, um, I keep trying. I keep trying. And I can get them to make a profit, but I c- it's the scaling up. It's yeah. like, you know, $5 profit's great, but $5 profit's not going to pay my bills, you know, and so I, I need to scale that up, and it's it. that's when I start having trouble. Um, I've said this before, BookBub ads, I want to learn BookBub ads because they, they you know, I don't want to be beholden to Amazon and Facebook, but I run I run BookBub ads when I'm too lazy to go out and light a bunch of money on fire in my front yard because... Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's just not work for me I I do do well a few days like a day or two with a couple of audiences and then it just goes away I don't I don't understand yet how so Facebook really is it for me I I tend to um, I kind of get it Um, it's funny because there are probably things about that whole Facebook dashboard that I don't even know exist to be honest but the things that I I'm, I'm supposed to know, I really know that you know, I know what I'm supposed to look for. I know how to I know how to pick good copy for my image. I know how to pick a good image mm-hmm. that will be um appealing and, yeah. and um you know, it, and those things are as important as you know, knowing yeah. your metrics. You gotta know both. Yeah.
0: But um Do you use so, yeah, but, email promos like do you still use like um you know Robin Reed's bargain
1: books do you like discount I do that when I have a free book and that is that is one of my strategies for mm-hmm. having a long long you know a long time between launches I have run freebies on I only have four books but three of them I put free and um so I have at run the same those time? uh not all at the same time no mm-hmm. I I usually do like one a day if I do it for a five-day run um I I may use three and then fill in with uh, newsletter swaps or something, but bargain book see, uh, I mean not bargain book see free book see on a free book has worked great for me. Yeah. Um Even even with book one that I put free now, it's been free three times. Um, but like I'm about to do a promo a small town uh, romance promo with two other authors that. Um, have good audiences, big audiences, and, but I've never, I've never, never done a promo with them before, so their audiences are new to me, and I'm new to them, and that's great, you know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm really fortunate, and look forward to that, um, so, yeah, those are the sorts of things I do, besides just running ads, which, and one of the things that I did, that, you know, was pretty unconventional at the time, was, I started running ads on that first book, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I just need every book to make money for me. I need, I needed, well, I don't know if I need, I wanted that book to be seen. You know, I went into this whole thing, this whole indie publishing university with podcasts and commit conferences and stuff, trying to figure out how I could get that book seen. Yeah. And so that was the goal. In, it works and You can't.
0: You can have a hit with one book. Like your your proof that there's you know previous yeah. guests to the show I've had um, yeah. who have only had one book and, and made a hit out of it. It's rare, yeah. but it yeah, can be it done. Uh,
1: but I think you have to really have a plan. Um, well, I say that there are people that just put up a book and it's done great, and you know I'm so happy for them. Hate, hate, uh, hate but, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but you know I waited a year. You know I wor- I yeah. had a plan and. I listened to really smart people, and when they told me to do something, I did it. And um, so, yeah, that's yeah. that is really that getting my book in front of the exactly right readers and listening to really smart people are why.
0: Yeah, my and, book, and well listening, you're listening to your readers. I, I realized the other day that I've been running this survey in the background of my um, autoresponder, and I hadn't checked it in a while. And, I, oh, and yeah. I all of a sudden had, you know, a thousand responses to this survey. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, that's actually some good data. Like I, I need to yeah. let like, go. You know. And one of the things that always surprises me and slaps me in the face every time I go and check the results, and it's always the same, is that I, one of the questions I ask is, how did you find out about me, dear? What kind of keywords do you search on Amazon when you're looking for books and stuff? And I'm always surprised at what percentage of people say, I don't shop that way. I don't go on mm-hmm. Amazon. I don't buy on Facebook. I don't click on ads. I shop yeah. from my inbox. So, mm-hmm. like, they only subscribe to BookBub, they subscribe to Bargain Booksy, Free Booksy, these kinds of sites, and that's how they mm-hmm. find their books. They don't they shop in their inboxes. So if you're yeah. not taking advantage of some of those uh, promo sites every once mm-hmm. in a while, like, yeah. I'll, I'll still use, you know, Kindle Countdown deal or whatever, mm-hmm. and then just stack a whole mm-hmm. bunch of them, on, you know, do the ad mm-hmm. stacking thing. And people okay. forget that that still works um, mm-hmm. because you're hitting an entirely different part of the market. Those are the people right. that shop their inboxes. They don't shop Amazon, so your ads right. are never going to hit them. They're not on Facebook. Right. They're not browsing Amazon for books. Like you will never find them unless you use email marketing. And um, right. there's and it's good to to try to recreate your launch every once in a while because you can't launch a new book because it's not done yet. But you can mm-hmm. kind of relaunch your yeah. first book you think, over again. You,
1: exactly. And I and just to. Tell the power of those things, those um, promos. The first time I put book one to free was right before book three came out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I got in five days. I got twenty thousand downloads. Yeah.
0: Twenty
1: thousand downloads on nothing but email newsletters. I mean, like bar, bargain books. I mean, free book yeah. C. Robins reads, um, and um, email swaps and yeah. being. That's huge. And those were readers that didn't know who I was. I mean, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, to not, and some of them are a little pricier, but, you know, if you ask around, you can find out the ones that are worth it and the ones that aren't worth it. And
0: uh, Kindlepreneur.com has a list for people who are interested. You can go on there, mm -hmm. and and Dave has his best picks, and you can also search, of course, Google search it. But, um, yeah, like Free Booksy, Bargain Booksy, you mentioned, I've had good success with consistently. Um, Robin Reads I've had good success with um, Fussy Librarian a few of the other ones have, mm-hmm. have been okay for me um, hit or course, miss course, a little bit hit or miss yeah um, BookBub book obviously is the big one yeah. if you can land it but you're more likely to get a rejection you know yeah. nine times out of yeah. ten or ten times out
1: of ten in my right. case but I, <laughs> right. well, because I, and I'm in KU so you yeah. know I mean I it's still apply miss. but I still get turned down so yeah. you know it's okay I've, I've got a I'm we're, we're 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 just friends like yeah. and me we're yeah. not we're same, not dating um yeah exactly. we've got businesses
0: to run we can't be waiting around for them to call <laughs>
1: exactly and um yeah just doing different things like last year i did in june so it was right before um the fourth book came out i did a rock star promo so i don't know how many there were maybe 15 of us we all we all had rock star books and we put them to free for two days. I actually did the whole five days, but we put them to free for two days and ran, I mean, like we had graphics, we did this whole thing. That was the one of the best promos I've ever run. It didn't cost me, but I don't think it cost me anything, but it might have cost me $20 because we might have given away a prize at the end. I don't remember because okay. I do a lot of, you know, I do some Instagram stuff, and but it was the best. So if you can do something like Kind of genre or subgenre specific, mm-hmm. you can hit, and you get a lot of authors. Yeah. Um, you can hit a lot of different readers who don't know you yet, yeah. and you know the thing. This is what people will say because my book's been out now three years. Or like the its rank has been kind of eh, the last I don't know. Well, since last month, but like right now, I think it's around five thousand or something in the store. It was three thousand earlier today, and. Somebody said, "Like, who hasn't read that book?" Like, yeah. it's
0: how is it still it? selling?
1: Like, there are There's a lot people. of people that have it. I mean, yeah. yeah, there are millions of people that don't know who Jamie Albright yeah. is. But we get a kind of hyper focused. Yeah. yeah, and we I think, think that's yeah. to our detriment. Yeah, we have to really, we have to think bigger than even our Ku readers, yeah. who I love. But just because we're in Ku doesn't mean we can't sell books to other authors so, and my books are five ninety nine. so if I sell a book I'm making money yeah. and um, so I think we have to think bigger
0: yeah. than and we do sometimes. you and I of course are pretty extroverted social people who yeah. um, have the FOMO pretty bad and want to get out and yeah. like, interact with people and uh, it can be to your benefit it's, it's definitely like to yeah. inter- interact with other authors get to know them read their books they'll read mm-hmm. yours like yeah, you know, do nice. newsletter swaps, things like that. Just enjoy other people's books. Except like, we're obviously readers too, so like, mm-hmm. why not connect with? Do the same thing that you're wanting your readers to do with you. Go out and connect with those authors. Be there, right? You know, reader, and see what I happens. Agree. And um, I agree. Yeah, there's, there's, it, it's free. Obviously, when you can develop a relationship, it takes your time, obviously, and um, energy. But it's um, if you can develop a relationship where you mutually respect each other's books and share, that's, mm-hmm. everyone wins. And I love it. Right.
1: It's, I mean, there there are more than enough readers. Yeah. There are, let me say that again, there are more than enough <laughs> readers. We are not, I mean, we're not competing. There are too many. Mm-hmm. We're, we're too few, and there are too many. Yeah. We cannot, we're not competing against each other. Yeah. And so, I think if you, if you can have that mindset, and be a good community member, then things will Go a little bit better for yeah. you sometimes, I think. Um, but yeah,
0: and that, I agree. I think I had a good point too about selling to other authors too. It's like the more authors we have, the more readers we have. Because as an author, you read so much. Like you do go out and mm-hmm. read in your genre. If I'm going to jump into a genre, I'm going to buy uh, yeah. a ton of books in that genre because I have to do a bunch yeah. of research. So absolutely, right. you want me as your reader, even though I'm your competition. You know, because right. like I'm going to probably buy a bunch of your books and, and read them to see how to do this right to figure out the tropes, we got like, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm never worried about there being too, too, I don't know if you hear my dog whining by the door, but, um, yeah. he's, he's like, hey, you've been in there a really long time, man. Like, <laughs> I need to... I
1: need you. Yeah. No, um, I agree completely. And I, um, I was going to say something about that, but I can't remember now, but I just think that, um, if we, um, and don't just get, like, locked into a few authors that you're I – because mean, then you're just sort of – you're exhausting all of your, um, your audience. Yeah. You want – the goal should be broadening the audience, not, you know, narrowing it. Yeah. Sure.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, this is this has been good. I think that there, we've touched on a few good strategies that, that are helpful, obviously. Um, major pros and cons to, right. to the long-term versus the short-term strategies, but right. I think that um, it's always a long-term game in the end. It is, because it is. Because launches only last a little bit, You know, and no matter how right. much of a bump you get from them. Um, 90 days is not enough time, or 60 days, or whatever you've got from Amazon, is not the life of a book. You have to no. have long-term strategies. So whether you right. release a book a year, or a book every six, you still have to have a plan. Um, right.
1: And I think if you have a plan that you can keep your income consistent, you know, I mean, I I did want to touch on this because I'll launch a book and I'll have a big bump, you know, for a couple of months and then my income will kind of go down. It never goes down below what it was before the book came out, but Mm -hmm. it goes down. But I have been in three years, knock on wood, able to keep my income consistent between launches. And that's, just because I watch I watch my budget, I know what my budget is, I watch my data, and so, and I know what I, if I spend this, usually, usually there are glitches and things that happen, but usually if I spend this, I'm going to make this. And so, you know, that it can be done, and I'm not the yeah. only person that does that. I know there are other people that, that do that. So, yeah. um, I yeah. think
0: one of the keys there, too, is knowing, by spending the time on the book, you know that you're putting out a quality product. There's less guesswork to the fact that, is this gonna be good when I'm done with right. it? Like if you didn't rush right. it, if you took the time it deserved and you put it out and you've done, gone through beta readers, you've gone through editing, you've really taken the time to, to flesh this thing out. You've used right. you know people like Claire for story alignments. Mm-hmm. You know it's a satisfying story. So right. you can right. have the confidence that you can put some weight on this thing and mm-hmm. know that you can stand on it. Right. For the next
1: year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Or at least that's what I hope. I mean, I keep (laughs) waiting for the other shoe to drop because everyone says you shouldn't be able to do this. You know, you shouldn't be able to put a book out as slow as we do and still make money. And so I keep waiting and thinking, okay, at some point it's going to stop. But I just feel like, I mean, things do change, but we have to change with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the you know, you we can get upset. You know, when it, Facebook doesn't do what we want them to do, or Amazon doesn't do what we want them to do, we can get upset and be upset for a couple of days, a week. But then you got it. You got to get up, and you got to figure out how you're going to run your business. Yeah. So, um, because that's what it is. I mean, it's not just writing the books. It is business, and we have to think yeah. about that.
0: Persevere. So,
1: yes. Yeah. Never give up.
0: Never give up. Exactly never give up. Unless,
1: in the immortal words of Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well that's a good good uh good line to wrap up on. Um yeah. I'm chatting yeah. for, for about an hour. Thank you so much, Jamie, for for taking the time out of your night to, to come hang out with You're me. Welcome. It is always a You're pleasure. Welcome. I always enjoy it's it. Fun. Enjoy it's fun. It's always
1: fun out with you. Yeah.
0: Um and we did have uh, some comments and, and people watching and and uh, saying hi, so we'll we'll pop on to the comments. Uh, if I didn't get a chance yeah. to to say hello to you live. Um, Thank you for watching and for listening. If everyone, you know, listening to the podcast, um, thank you. And of course, be sure to check out uh, Jamie and Sarah's podcast, the wish I'd known then for writers podcast. Yes. Um, If you're not already a listener, you'll, you'll enjoy it for sure. And where else can people find, find and hang out with you on the internet, Jamie? Uh,
1: uh, In my Facebook group, which is Jamie Albright's Brighton's. And uh, you can get in touch with me through my website jamiealbright dot com.
0: Okay. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks so much for for doing this, and um, thank you everyone for watching. We'll see you again next week for another episode. All right. So long. Okay.
1: Bye. Bye.